If you know God made you to make a difference, turn up the volume. This is for you. Welcome to the Purpose to Impact podcast. Here, we're digging into the what, where, when, why, and how around taking impact from an opportunity to an actual occurrence. We'll see what it looks like at the business level, church level, and personal life level too. The who, that's already answered. It's you. You are purpose to impact. So settle in and listen up. Your desire to make a difference is doable, and it starts right here. Hey, hey, welcome or welcome back. We are wrapping up our series on mindset shifts for deeper purpose and greater impact. And I'm almost sad to see the series come to a close because it's been so good, but I'm excited for what we're talking about today. And honestly, it like, could not have come at a more appropriate time. So even with our like extra week added in, we're still like, the Lord knows what he's doing. That's the moral of that story. Today, we are talking about preparing your mindset for a season change. Mindset maintenance has proven to be one of those just absolutely critical things this year for me and for my family and maybe for you too. Experiencing the rapid and dramatic changes that have swept across our household physically, health-wise, business-wise, all of it over the last several months has really taken a toll on us mentally, physically, and even spiritually at times. Now, in nature, times and seasons seem to change effortlessly, but sometimes our personal transitions from season to season aren't so smooth. So as we savor these last few days of summer and at this point, it's September, so summer is in air quotes, right? Because I guess technically it doesn't switch over until like the 21st or whatever. But if you ask me, September equals fall. But maybe that transition is a welcomed one for you. Or maybe the thought of September only sparks more stress if you're still trying to figure out school or whatever is going on in this new shift in your life. Looking back over this past spring and summer... I really, really can see how much room I've had to grow and how God has truly held my hand through it all. We've talked about this on the podcast in this series, but also truly in my own life as I reflect back, I have really learned and relearned how to pivot, how to pause, and how to press on despite all of the plot twists that have come my way this year and doing all of that without any kind of warning that this year would be so crazy. (laughs) Now, imagine what we would have been able to accomplish with a mindset that was prepared to embrace change. Shifting your mindset will help you maintain momentum through season changes. Season changes aren't always about the calendar or the weather. Rather, they can invite a mindset shift that gives us momentum to keep growing into our God-given purpose and his plan for us to make an impact. 
There are four ways I believe we can adopt a momentum mindset that'll power us through any season change. Number one, be prayerful. Seek God's guidance every single day. We've got to ask him specifically to show us how to use what we've got for his glory and purpose. Number two, embrace the learning curve. We've got to seek wise counsel from the word and from our spiritual leaders. We should also be asking lots of do what, for whom, and how questions. What that means is with every opportunity to take on something new or do something differently, we've got to ask, what should I be doing? And for whom am I doing it? Am I serving the right people? And how? What's the best way to go about this so that it doesn't cannibalize something else on the list of things that God has given me to do? And once we get the answers to those questions, we must use those insights to navigate this next season change in our lives. Number three, lean in. God's ways and timing are different than ours. So walking with him requires flexibility to go with his flow. Listen, that is not a word for me in this very day. That piece about timing is always so hard. I am probably captain of the get ahead of God team. (laughs) And it can be so frustrating, right? When you feel like, all right, God, like I got this green light, we're rolling. And then it's like, um, sorry, did I just drive through a glass wall? Like what just happened? Like I thought we were on green. I thought we were going. I thought this was moving. And then it's like, it's not moving. And you're like, okay, what are we actually doing again? But learning to hear God's voice of direction, but still follow his path and his pace, it's a learning curve. You know, it brings to mind in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, where it talks about, you know, taking, Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. And that yoke, it is a burden because it says, you know, my burden is light. So it's contrasting the traditional understanding of what a burden is, like a heavy weight that you're dragging along and it can feel crushing at times. Like that's probably more of an accurate description of the burdens we place on ourselves. But the ones that God places on us, they're light and they're easy. And he makes a clear point of saying that up front. But the point of the yoke is as an agricultural term, when yokes were used for oxen plowing fields, it kept both oxen walking in tandem, in step, same time, same pace, same place. One could not get ahead of the other. One could not drag behind the other. They had to be together because their necks were literally locked in sync. That's what we need to lean into. Leaning into that yoke that says, all right, God, I am locked in step with you. I'm not going to run ahead. I'm not going to drag behind. I'm not carrying anything else than what you've put on me, really. And I'm going to do it with you. That's that leaning in part that can be so hard. (laughs) But, you know, if you've got a yoke around your neck, the only thing you can do is lean forward to pull it and move where you're supposed to go. And so that leaning in really is the right imagery to think about how we can pursue and fulfill all of the dreams and visions and plans that he's placed in our hearts and on our lives. Number four, take notes. We should all keep a running list of aha moments and answered prayers so we can watch our momentum build. Now, how do we apply 
these four principles, being prayerful, embracing the learning curve, leaning in and taking notes to our lives, whether it's in business, in ministry, or just regular personal life. Let's talk about it. Business. Number one, don't let money dictate your mindset. We have to prayerfully consider the why that God has placed on our hearts. When we can keep that at the forefront, it empowers us to evaluate all of our business decisions against that why. We will make purpose-driven decisions and not money-driven decisions. Two, if at first you don't succeed, consider it par for the course and keep going. Basically, we have to learn to keep building no matter what comes. And when it comes to business, you know, we're building these ventures around transformative solutions. And we as entrepreneurs have permission to tweak those solutions, those product offerings, whatever it is, as we learn and we grow. The best thing we can do is seek mentorship from people who share our values and have seen the success that we're striving for. We've got to be ever learning and, you know, not in the sense um, of where we're striving for knowledge and really lose connection with God because we're so focused on knowledge, but really staying in that process of remaining primarily connected with God and hearing his voice of direction of, all right, what should we do with these ventures? But continuing to allow ourselves to grow and learn about different areas of the business, about different aspects of our industries, and just really equipping ourselves to fight off that discouragement that will try to set in especially when we run into others that are doing similar work. When it can be really really discouraging if you're trying to get a new thing off the ground and then god forbid you go on Instagram and you see something that's like close enough to make you want to cry. It's like, "Ugh, they're already doing it." Or, "Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. <gasps> Mine doesn't look like that." Oh no, like why should I even bother? Let's just everyone should just go buy that instead. Oh, everyone is buying that instead. Mm, okay. Now what? You know, like all of those, that thought process, you know, when you finally get the courage to launch something and you're like, the last thing you need to be doing is scrolling. That's why. But that mindset shift can change whatever you see on your scroll from a source of discouragement to a reference point for what's already being done. And then you can see what gaps are still left. What Okay, if you see something that's similar to yours, it's not identical. It couldn't possibly be because someone other than you created it. So that means your unique experience and perspective has something new and different and untapped to offer. So when you find what those gaps are, you'll be able to speak to them in a way that differentiates your product or service or solution in the midst of the marketplace of everything else that's going on. Next, we have to understand that the idea we start with might evolve as we go. Let God lead as you refine your business model and service offerings. Don't ignore those prompts to do things that seem too big or too hard. Leaning solely on your own strength is a surefire way to sell yourself and your purpose and impact potential short. You know, this really goes hand in hand with you know, that fighting off discouragement piece. Because when you see something that's like, okay, this was the vision, this is what we were working with, this was 
how I was going about bringing this venture to life. And then you get to those decision points and realize, okay, it's time to pivot. We've got to change something. We've got to tweak something. Number one, we have to do that with an understanding of why are we making those changes? You know, is it a deviation because of fear, because it doesn't look like something else, because, you know, we have to really evaluate the reasons for those changes. And if they are legitimate reasons of like, oh, this is what the market needs or dictates, or this is where people are. I've gotten feedback from my customers and they say that their price range is X and we're over here at Y. So we need to tweak some things or find different suppliers or whatever so that we can kind of come in line with the people that we feel led to serve. Or if people are saying, hey, you know what, this is great, but what I really need is that and it's connected and related and serves that same why, then taking an approach to incorporate that feedback and meet that need, that's okay. But again, we have to let God lead that refining process. And if refinement looks like scaling something up and doing something bigger or bolder than you ever imagined. Don't shy away from that. Don't think there's no way because you know what? A God-given vision is going to be a God-sized vision. And if he's going to get the glory, then it has to be bigger than something we could do by ourselves or else we would just get the glory If we limit ourselves to working our ventures in such a way that it's doable for us, we are for sure going to sell ourselves short and we are not going to really fulfill that purpose or make the impact that God intends for us. But when we can trust God and say, all right, I'm listening to you, I'm hearing from you, I'm following your lead and taking those approaches with the creativity that he's given us to make it work with the tangible reality circumstances that are around us, then we'll be able to make those changes to that vision, to the approach that we've taken um, as we pivot in a way that maintains the integrity of that purpose. Lastly, from a business perspective, count every single brick of progress. When clarity comes, count it. When your idea resonates with someone and they say, yes, I need that, count it. When you try something you felt God nudged you to do, even if it flops, (laughs) count it. Faith and obedience are the fire starters for momentum in this pursuit of purpose and impact. I recently, like, I don't even know how recently, a few weeks ago, set up a reminder in my phone like as part of my nightly routine to congratulate myself for three things that I accomplished during the day like every day and it was I felt super lame and pathetic for doing it at first but then it really helped me shift my own mind to say I need to start seeing what has gone well what has gotten done in a day instead of going to bed every night worrying about the mountain of things that didn't get done because there's a mountain even bigger of things that did get done. There's no way I could possibly go through a whole day accomplishing absolutely nothing. So why am I going to bed every night feeling like I've accomplished absolutely nothing? So we've got to retrain our brains to recognize those things and value them. Every single thing counts, even if it's just oh, finally, the dots connected in my mind. I was trying to figure this out forever. And it's like, okay, God, yes, you gave me the words to, you know, finish out that marketing copy or whatever it is. You know, counting those little things 
those are bricks of progress and they will build up to momentum. Now, let's talk about this from a ministry perspective. First of all, ask God what they, the people you're ministering to, need most right now. Letting God show us as ministry leaders where and how he wants us to lead in this season will really help us determine what, when, and how many activities, resources, opportunities, whatever we need to facilitate that. So again, thinking, it's like, you know, the typical quality over quantity kind of thing. And I totally get like with these days and the way the world is going, it feels like you really, really need more touch points to help them keep up their momentum. But ensuring that those touch points are impact moments and they're infused with opportunities to really speak to what each person that we are serving needs most in this moment. Next, we have to intentionally seek feedback. A diversity of perspectives is essential to see the full picture and get an accurate pulse on how our efforts are being received. But simply asking the people that we minister to on the spot, so what'd you think, how'd it go, is not the best way to gather valuable insight. Instead, as leaders, we can create an atmosphere that invites candid conversation and also invite people with diverse opinions and life experiences into that space. When we have an opportunity, if we're leading a ministry, and this could be a whole church or it could be just a sub-ministry, when we have opportunities to really sit back and reflect on how are things going, it's important to get feedback from a wide variety of people. People that are at the decision-making level, at the implementation level, and also people who are at the receiving level. And bonus points when you can get people from all different walks of life, having them chime in and contribute to that feedback discussion will really give you an overall, a better overall picture of how that ministry is going for all of the people that you want to serve. And then actually using the feedback that we get, truly that is the best way that we can signal that we value our people's opinions. So that's not to say, you know, you take the opinions of the people over the opinions of your pastor or God, because we don't do that. But, you know, if you're going to ask someone's opinion, showing that you've actually then factored it in and considered it as you go forward making decisions really means a lot. It shows, hey, you know, we're here to serve you. Your opinion matters. And when people can see how their input is integrated in different things you do, whether it's an event idea or a design concept or whatever it is, it just goes a long way to, you know, build that connection and further build trust in a way that allows for really reciprocal dialogue in an ongoing fashion that really just strengthens the ministry for the long term. Next, empathy over agenda. It goes without saying that good spiritual leadership goes with God's flow and helps individuals learn how to do that themselves in each facet of their everyday lives. And empathy is the difference maker here. We've got to get to know our people and be sensitive to the overall climate and context that they're living in. And then if needed, we can adjust the agenda accordingly. So, you know, when we have these vision casting meetings and all of these things where we're thinking about, all right, what are we going to do with our ministry? What are the ideas that we have? That can be a really fun brainstorming time, but we've got to remember that those are decisions being made by just a small group of people in one room. 
And so it's always best to have that input, like we just talked about, from a wide variety of people to help inform those decisions. But as you get that feedback, really taking to heart the places that those people are coming from and seeing their circumstances and understanding where they're coming from so that we can build an agenda with empathy. And lastly, knowing what success looks like is essential. Metrics in ministry, um, absolutely yes. We have got to get a clear picture of the transformation our ministries want to see in the lives of our people and our community. And then we can determine which indicators will help us measure our momentum. So in the business world, KPIs are a common thing. Everybody is keeping tabs on these key performance indicators because they want to know how is, how's it going? Are we making money? Are we losing money? Are people buying these things? Are they not? All that stuff. And in ministry, the same is true, though not necessarily money connected, although there is a part of ministry that is financially accountable. We have other metrics that we're going to need in order to know, are we serving our mission? Are we reaching the demographics in our community in the way that they need to be reached? Have we accounted for language differences or transportation access challenges? Have we accounted for all of the different factors that would allow us to take the gospel to the place and the people that we've been positioned to reach. And so when we sit down and process through all of those factors, we'll be able to come up with those unique metrics that'll be specific to our ministries and help us to thrive and advance the gospel in our specific context. On a personal life level, as seasons change, one of the biggest things that we can do is remember It's only temporary. Every season has a beginning and an end, and we cycle through them month after month, year after year. The beautiful thing is, God is with us consistently. He doesn't change with the seasons. He is the same yesterday, today, forever, spring, summer, fall, winter. He is the same. So we might have to prepare our mindsets for a season of change, but we can set our minds on Jesus, who is always the same. As we go through different seasons in life, and maybe it's, for me, this year, it was, tis the season of all things health crisis, followed by, tis the season of business plot twists and changes and pivots. Preparing my mind, I don't even know, like, I was not prepared. (laughs) I was not prepared at all. But despite not being prepared, the one thing I kept telling myself was, God, you have never let me down. You have never left me hanging. And now that I feel more in alignment with what you have assigned me to do, now that I feel more focused on you and connected and grounded in what you're calling is for me at this season in my life, It seems like everything is going completely crazy around that. But I was able to remind myself, like, I know for sure that I got a green light. So I'm going to keep going. When we can fix our minds on those key points, that cornerstone of purpose, that 
keystone of mission and that capstone of vision. When we can shift our attention and our mind off of the craziness that might be swirling around us, the structure is going to be sustained because we're building it on Christ. That is the only sure and solid foundation. So when we start with that building process and decide we're going to continue and not call an audible and change the plan and, you know, make some erasures to the blueprint and then tweak some things and change some things and add and shift and move some things. We end up doing those, making those moves out of fear. We end up doing that out of our own panic of like, this isn't working or I don't know if we're going to have enough materials or I don't know how this is going to work. So let's just change, let's just change this. Let's just do this instead. But when we stick to the plan that we originally downloaded, drafted by the chief architect, we will not go wrong. Every construction project has delays, has setbacks, and tis the season for material shortages, boys and girls. Like, that's the year that we're living in right now. (laughs) And so that's part of the process. But through it all, we don't change the blueprint. We don't change what we're building. We don't change what we're trying to accomplish because our purpose is set in stone. Our vision is set in stone and how it all comes together, that's where we might have to make some tweaks and changes and pivots and whatnot. But we know who we are. We know who we are building our lives on and who we are building them with and who we are building them for. And that is Jesus. And when we stand strong in that, we won't have anything to fear or anything to worry about. So let's remember, there's a time and a season for every purpose. When God drops a vision in your heart, whether it be for personal business or ministry growth, he promises to bring it to life in due time. Understanding what that timeline is can only be learned on the go. But when we're committed to the building process, he'll show us when, where, and how to place each brick until we can step back and see it all come together. And with that said, let's pray. Lord Jesus, only you know, Lord, what season changes are ahead for us spiritually and with all of the ventures and endeavors that you have led us to pursue. I pray, God, that you would help us to keep our minds stayed on you, holding tightly to your promises and also to your plan. Help us to keep pace with you, trusting your timeline, your process, and your everything, keeping your yoke only, not adding additional burdens of our own. Help us to continue to be faithful in our pursuit of your purpose so that we can truly see the impact as we do what you have created and called us to do, and that is to bring your love, your light, and your truth to the world, whether it be through business, through ministry, through our personal relationships. You are well able. You will finish the work that you have started. You are faithful to do it, and we trust you. Thank you for leading us as we go forward in this new season. In Jesus' name, amen.